0: Hello and welcome to the first ever Motor podcast. My name is Scott Newman, associate editor of Motor magazine and with me is editor Dylan Campbell. Hello. And recording in the back is Josh Robinson. So what is the Motor podcast? Well, it's a place that we can talk about all things performance car related, usually from behind the wheel of one. So Dylan, what are we in today? We are sitting
1: in the slightly new HSV GTS. So this is the new 30th and 30th, uh, Anniversary model. This car hasn't changed much since the since the uh, the previous model. It has uh, 430 kilowatts, um, still has the 6.2 litre supercharged V8, the famed LSA. Uh, the price has gone up a little bit for this car, so it was... Uh, uh, $95,990 I think? Yeah, it's now uh, $98,990, so it's gone up $3,000 for the manual. And if you want the auto, it's an extra two and a half grand. So this car that we're sitting in at the moment is actually 101490 now but it's still a fair beast of a thing. You get a lot of car for your money. Um, Yeah, 430 kilowatts, 740 newton metres. The only mechanical changes with this car are the bimodal exhaust, which now opens differently. Um, Turn that on? Yes, turn it on. That is a must every time you get into the car. HSV has also ditched Tour mode. Uh, HSV says Sport is now Tour and so on. We're not we're not super convinced about that.
0: But before we get into the speaking about the nitty gritty of this car, Dylan, I want to ask you what was the first HSV you drove?
1: The first HSV I drove would have been probably an LS three Club Sport, uh, a a Gen F, I think. So Gen F. Yeah. If I if I think back, you never um,
0: drove an E Series car.
1: I don't think I did. No. Oh,
0: interesting. Uh, Yeah.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I was late to the party a little bit.
0: Yeah. Cool. I think the first one I drove was it was called a GXP I think it was the Pontiac front-end oh, okay. front it was back in like 09 they did that like super cheap it was 62 grand or something it was like the base of their model the base model it was kind of almost redundant now that once Holden brought out the red line but I think that was the first one I drove well, if not it was an E series Club Sport R8 which is a really good thing but it was funny that they sort of became kind of redundant when the Gen F cars came out because, well, when this car came out, cause it was such a big, such a big step forward in performance and everything. So, when was the first time you drove one of these? Was it Picotti? 2013. Uh,
1: yeah, the first time I drove a Gen F GDS was a Picotti 2013. Yeah. Um, I think it may have been on the on the track as well. Oh really? Um, yeah, Broadford. Um, but yeah, such a good car this the Gen F GDS.
0: It is a good car. That was yeah. yeah. What, were your, what were your first impressions when you first drove it?
1: Oh, it's got incredible grunt. Like it's a big, heavy car fundamentally. Nineteen oh three kilos, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, huge amount of power. Uh, the best numbers we've got out of a Gen
0: F GDS four point three one to hundred, um, which is pretty pretty stonking. Mm. That probably would have been with the manual. Yep, that was a manual. I did those numbers. I'm not sure I could ever do it again. <laughs> um, it was pretty much. It was a bit of a fluke of a launch. It was funny though that this car hasn't. You say that the numbers on this car haven't changed. It's still 430 kilowatts, 740 newton metres. But I remember when... I was actually... I think I might have actually been the first Juno to drive the GenF GDS. OK. Pre-launch, I'd picked it up. I did a helped out Wheels magazine with a shoot. And me and Nathan Ponchard went and did the first comparo with the car pre-launch. And I picked it up from HSV on trade plates. hadn't been registered yet. Yeah, right. So that was kind of, it was kind of interesting the first person to drive this car, and driving through Melbourne and everyone sort of looking at you because it did did get, you know, it wasn't out yet, so it did get quite a lot of, quite a lot of looks, especially with no number plates on it. Um, But it was interesting that, like the first numbers, is damn good at performance testing, It did 4.7 to 100. And most people were getting about that, 4.6, 4.7. But now, you know, 4.3, 4.4 is the sort of norm. So it's interesting that... The car hasn't changed it seems to have, i don't know whether we've just got better at performance mm-hmm. testing it or or if maybe there's something happening under the skin that we don't know about um but yeah i just thought that was interesting that uh the car hasn't gotten faster but it kind of has got faster so yeah it's funny
1: with these cars like the gen f2 and also the vf2 with um with the ss commodore um you know they, they put on paper the changes but then we drive them and you think ah. Oh, have they changed this it feels a little bit different but it was not.
0: like the manual gearbox thing in the yeah, gen f2 thing right, like yeah. they swore they swore black and blue the uh, gearbox was absolutely identical yeah but whenever you drive a vf2 commodore it just does make a good noise it does the gen f2 hsv or a vf2 commodore the gearbox just the manual gearbox just feels slicker it feels easier to change Yeah. so i don't know if it's placebo effect or if they just being a little bit cagey about what they're telling us. That's but, right. Uh, yeah,
1: go to Holden or HSV, and they'll say, "No, we changed nothing on it." But yeah, it seems to feel a little bit, a little bit better, easier to, easier
0: to drive. So, so let's go quickly onto your thoughts about this car. You've said, obviously, your first impressions were that it was very fast, very powerful. You've driven one like me on quite a few occasions now. What's yeah. your sort of, what, what's your takeaway from? From this car what do you really like about it and what maybe you don't you like about it
1: well i mean from the get-go i love this car it's just there's so much to like about it i feel very affectionate about this car strangely i'm not, not sure why it's just a good thing um, makes me proud to be an aussie driving this um, yeah it's a big heavy car but it's got a surprising amount of grip you get a lot of feedback through the car when you're driving it fast um, yeah it's got crazy grunt when you get on the onto the open road it feels like it has the the longest legs in the world it just charges ridiculously hard it's got good traction as well, um, but and then if you want to, if you want that nice rear-driven feeling, um, that's that's completely available in this car, just with a flex of the right foot, if you like. Um, it's interesting the noise with these things. Like uh, it's funny with HSVs with the Gen F um, and now the Gen F two. Like for me, I think they sound good, but they don't. They've never sounded amazing. Like you get in like a Chrysler 300 SRT. Mm-hmm. Or even the um, the LS3 SS, and like you get out of it, and you go, "Oh, that sounds good." It really mm. scratches the itch from a sound point of view. But for me, HSVs have sort of they've been good, but not great. Mm. Um,
0: just and, you know, I love the way this car sounds. It's yeah. like I don't know. It's uh, it maybe with maybe it's the little bimodal tweak that they've made. It's the tweak they needed to make. It was only you know a tiny little thing, but yeah, I keep driving around in performance mode, and the pops and bangs that happens mm. when you go on the overrun. It's like. I don't know, it's just became more complete, like I'm, I'm with you, I've always thought that yeah, they sound like they sound great, but not in the same way maybe as an AMG or something like that, whereas yeah. this, uh, you know, it really sounds, really ticks the box, so, you know, you can hear it now. <laughs> and they have gotten rid of that chuff, you know, in the, it funny, seems. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, how have they, they said that they've
1: changed the bimodal exhaust, How does it sound? Like it's changed now that you've spent a bit of time driving
0: around? Yeah, it's interesting. I sort of hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it just then. It's um, in the previous bimodal exhaust HSVs, you'd hit the throttle and it would go as the sort of valves opened, and mm. it sounded really, sounded really strange, it sounded really a bit naff, really. But they've tweaked that and they've gotten rid of it, as you can just hear. And it's, I don't know, it's only, a, it's only a tiny thing, but uh, it's really improved that sensation of the car feels more natural feels more organic now which is kind of kind of cool as you know there wasn't much wrong with this thing to begin with I mean that's a good question like how would you improve this thing
1: yeah how would it the you list improve is pretty it, so. small that's right i mean it's i, I think this is an excellent car right? yeah and even though the price has gone up a fair bit it's still a great value for money i reckon yeah i mean 100 grand is a lot yes, of it, money for... <laughs> it's pushing it but i mean you're getting like a M5 performance still yep. for eighty
0: grand less. You yep. can't buy the the M5 anymore. Um, but it's yeah, it's a lot this of is a nicer car to drive than an M5. <laughs> Big call, Big call, But <laughs> I'd happily, I'd happily uh, stand by that. It's um, I mean the amazing thing for this car, but you know even when I first drove it way back when it was coming from, you know v- V series or VZ Commodores, even VE Commodores. The thought of a Commodore with four hundred and thirty kilowatts, you're just like, it's just going to be an animal. It's going to yeah. be all over the shop. But the thing you get when you drive this car, it feels so cohesive. Like yeah. it almost, it could almost handle more power. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. Um, is it as fast as maybe you expect a four hundred and thirty kilowatt car to be? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you drive a four hundred and thirty kilowatt German car, and it is next level fast. But The traction and the brakes like the this like i think you'll agree like hsv have the best brakes in the world yes them and porsche probably but to even maybe to the uninitiated for even you to mention those two brands in the same in the same sentence may sound strange but like brakes on hsvs you take him you can take his two-ton car to a track and drive it all day long and it's fine. It's no problem at all. Yeah, I mean, it's such a
1: funny thing to talk about, but brake pedal feel. Yeah. Like in a big, heavy car like this, you get so much detail through the brakes. Yeah. And, the, and the, it's like just the right amount of um, like assistance. They're nice and firm. Um, the pe- you know the, the pedal doesn't get too long or anything like that. It sounds like a weird thing to say, but it just they just feel great. Like yep. just using the brakes is such a satisfying feeling.
0: Mm. The other thing for me is the ESP in this car. It's so yes, good. Absolutely. Um like it's got you don't really necessarily need it because it's got great traction and it's got it can use the power but equally this performance esp setting it'll let the car you know slide around sometimes alarmingly so you you can really get some opposite lock on the car on a track or anything or something like that but it doesn't like clamp down on the car and make it feel like it's dying it just uh it really allows you to enjoy the car while still you know not going too crazy in a. $100,000, $100,000, almost 600 horsepower car. Yeah, that's right.
1: Credit to HSV. Um, good old Australian company making a world-class ESP system mm. that it actually, you know, it, it um, sort of respects your ability, if you like, and it lets you have a bit of fun. It's not too, not too intrusive or it's not like this nanny that's sort of like sitting in the in the back seat kind of thing. Sorry, Josh. Um, that <laughs> sort of comes in and ruins the, ruins the fun just as you're getting into it. Uh, Like when I drive a car, like when I drive one of these cars, I always, I never feel like I need to turn the ESP off because it's too intrusive. I'm still having a really great time in the car with it. it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like unless you really want to set the tires alight in like third gear drifts, then there's no real point undoing the ESP in it, which is, which isn't the case in many models. Uh, So if I had to say, you hear those burbles? I love those burbles. Yeah. Pops and bangs. Um, If there is one problem about this car. It's the fuel thirst. Oh, yeah. This car is insanely thirsty. If
1: you use the performance, it um, yeah, you, you can. It's almost like you can visibly see the fuel needle moving.
0: I mean, i am basically driving this thing around mainly around town. I've done not many Ks in it, maybe two hundred and fifty, or maybe maybe three hundred Ks, perhaps, and it swallowed a hundred bucks worth of fuel the other night. And I was like, ouch! And yeah. that's you know, and I haven't been haven't been out on a test, hasn't been. On a track day or anything like that so it's pretty i mean it's worth it because you get the engine and the power but man you if you're gonna if you're gonna buy one of these lsa cars you're gonna wanna uh, get used to yeah the club sport now as well you're gonna we're gonna get used to sticking sticking a lot of fuel in it very regularly yeah so it's an interesting
1: thing if you go for like a a long like sort of spirited drive if you like it feels like every time you you glance down at the fuel gauge it's moved again and you're like oh geez it must have a smaller smaller tank in
0: this yeah and then you still stick 70 (laughs) (laughs) liters yeah it's uh it's something you need to think about Mm. if you take it for a big drive because you're like oh i better plan my fuel stops pretty pretty uh carefully otherwise it's because once even because it's such a big engine, you can't just back it off and go. Oh, I'll yeah. do five litres per hundred yeah. k for the rest. Now you're still going to be doing twelve or thirteen. So mm-hmm. you can uh, wonder how many people went out of fuel in their HSVs.
1: <laughs> you keep a jerry can in the boot, I reckon, yeah. if you one of these L. An yep. One. Um, another thing with these cars is they can have an, an alarming appetite for front tyres. If you're on a, if you're on the the uh, an abrasive
0: that's, kind of road. That's so. true. I remember the uh, the Malu R8 LSA we had on that test. And we <laughs> went to the front tyres <laughs> yeah. in two yeah. days on the road. Um, oops
1: sorry HSV um yeah I was driving that car and I was sort of like trying not to like destroy the, the rear tyres in it which mm-hmm. sort of makes complete sense only to get out of it and go uh
0: the front tyres oh whoops yeah oops it's a seems to be a continental thing on yeah the continental tyres are really great yes and I can see why HSV choose them because wet weather performance they really really I mean remember when we had B- at Picotti yeah uh, the club sport on, on a soaking wet winter track you yeah. think oh man, this thing is going to be a handful And it was better than almost any other car there because yes. of the continental tires But the flip side of that is they disappear at an alarming rate right. if you're on a, on, a, on a dry hot track so yeah. you know another thing if you're going to track day this car you'd want a Decent bill for fuel and a decent bill for tires. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, like they're great tires They're really grippy and they, and they they feel really good to drive on but they um, they're not amazingly durable if you so, um, but yeah, you're right, it's difficult to, it is difficult to fault this car. Um, of course, it's not perfect.
0: So one of those things like you find yourself nitpicking, like I, for instance, especially because it's got such a good front end, I always feel like I want a bit more steering precision Yeah. just off centre in this car. It feels like the steering's a little bit slow, but then you find yourself picking on problems like that and going, oh, okay, I'm sort of... I'm nitpicking a bit here, is because there's not a lot else to complain about. Yeah, it sounds really sycophantic, and you know you're being all patriotic and uh, you know picking up the Aussie product. But this is an amazing car. Like yeah. it's hard to believe that this car, like the GDS model, is only going to be built for another couple of weeks. Yeah, and that's just it. Actually, fills me with a bit of sadness. This is probably the last time we'll drive one of these.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. We're about, we're about to drop this car back to HSV, and uh, you know Motors had a long history with. With HSV, we're in Clayton now, we're around the corner from where this car is, is built, um, and that's something in the back of our minds: is that they're not going to be making these cars for for much longer. This car, in particular, as you said, it's, yeah. it's about to
0: its production is about to end. Just to clarify, they'll keep making GDSR models and W1s, but they're about to shift their production line. So the actual HSV GDS, this model, yeah, it's only uh, it's only going down the line for another couple of weeks, which is pretty sad. Um, I suppose as we enter HSV's facilities right now it's uh i suppose the one positive is we don't know what hsv is going to do next and we really actually don't know what they're going to do next i don't know if they know what they're going to do next in terms of a performance model but i suppose the engineers that created this car and made these cars so good will be working on something Mm. so hopefully uh, hopefully they can make the same magic happen
1: yeah, that's right. If you've got one of these cars, you know, well done to you. You've got a, you've genuinely got an awesome car in the driveway, and you should be very happy with it. You probably are, but um, yeah, it is. Uh, does fill, fill one with pride to drive a car like this? Australia can actually make a world class performance car and a really good value one of that. So
0: absolutely. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our first ever motor podcast. Let us know what you liked. If there's a car you want us to cover, if there's a topic you want us to cover. So let us know in the comments uh, comments below you can watch us on YouTube or listen to the podcast uh, and we'll see you next time